rock and metal. The next generation. New bands that sound a bit like older bands. What the hell is this? New bands that just love some of the older bands. And stuff. Oh, hell. It's just bands we think you'll dig. Okay? Hello again, classic rock and metal lovers, and welcome to the award-winning Classic Rock and Metal Podcast. I am Ollie Barnes, and yes, we have been voted the best music podcast in the entire United Kingdom at the recent UK Podcasters Awards. So from me to you, a huge thank you for all your support, for listening, for voting, and for reminding people that this is the best music by far, and now the best show about the best music by far. This week we look at another band who've been influenced by our beloved classic rock and metal artists from the 70s and 80s, Knockout Kane. They've been around for a few years, have two albums to their name and toured with some of the greats of our past, including the legendary prankster Chris Holmes from Wasp, who always lives up to his billing even when visiting our most treasured historic buildings. So we took him up to Lincoln Cathedral and um, one of the most amazing moments is when this seven-foot giant stands underneath this lectern in the middle of, of, of Lincoln Cathedral with this candle burning on top and at the top of his voice so amplified to the max. Underneath the candle lamp, my balls are warm and damp. And just on and on and there's nuns walking past. I had a chat with lead singer Dean Fox, two exes of course, and he tells us how he got into the industry and what his band is all about. But first, as always, a taste of what they can do. From their first album, House of Sins, this is Set the Night on Fire.
Knockout Kane have been kicking around for a few years now and won Kerrang's best unsigned live act back in 2008, after which they toured the UK and Europe extensively for the following two or three years, including shows with Guns N' Roses' original Stephen Adler's band, Chris Holmes, originally with Wasp of course, and then appeared at Download in 2011. Rise of the Electric Jester is their second album, out now on Rock Sector Records, which incidentally is a great little label full of hidden gems like these. If you like the hook-laden good-time heavy rock of the H's, you should at least be tapping your feet to these boys if not properly swinging that long mane of beautiful hair you probably wish you still had here to spill the beans as promised is lead singer dean fox well my mum and dad were um were uh, pro musicians so you know as a consequence of that i was actually brought up by my grandparents and you know when, in my younger years and uh, they were always um they were always way touring you see or some, some exotic place in the world or not so exotic place uh, so, so yeah, I barely ever saw him. So I suppose it was inevitable that I was, to, I was going to fall into it eventually, uh, in, in some uh, you know form or other. But, uh, but uh, and you know, it, weirdly enough, I never had any interest in getting into music at all until I was sixteen years old. And um, then I remember being at college and doing a doing a study class, and I just happened to be listening to Aerosmith on my um, on my headphones and singing along to it without realising, and my mate, who was a guitar player, said, hey, mate, you can sing, do you want to join the band? And that was it, you know. Right, so it was that's that's weird, because I kind of assumed you'd have been treading the board since you were, you know, old enough to stand up. No, no, I think I, it, was, it was a weird thing, because it took mum and dad from me, uh, away from me and my elder brother, uh, for such, you know, for, for, you know, months and months and months at a time, I think, uh, I, think, uh, I think I had a bit of a grudge against it. But as soon as I got into my first band and didn't had done my first gig, um, uh, you know, I was bitten by the bug there, and that was it. Right. So t- let's. I mean, there's been obviously all the stuff that went before, but let's talk specifically about Knockout Kane. How long? How long have you guys been about? I think Knockout Kane as a concept has been around probably for about nine years, and um, uh, there, there were a few little lineup changes, but um, we never really did anything or did much until the four of us that are in the band together got together about. Um, it, well, it must be six and a half years now since we've been together, uh, and that was that was when it all came together properly. And uh, you know, four people moving in the same direction at the same time, with the same vision. You know, we became contenders then. I think really, it seems to sit well sound-wise with some of the '80s bands that, that would be favourites of people that normally listen to our show. Are, are they main influences of yours or everybody in the band, or how's the sound kind of come about? Everyone, yeah, we all have a um, we all have a. a, a a passion for that sort of like um, uh, commercial or, uh, or or you know seventies eighties even through to the nineties sort of like commercial rock uh, hard rock if you like um, but uh, but each each of us individually have um, have have really powerful influences elsewhere as well so I mean because I'm into swing and uh, and and uh, you know old sort of like fifties swing music and stuff. Um, our drummer Danny is a, is massively into funk and um, and jazz, uh, even through to all that freeform, weird avant-garde stuff. Uh, and uh, you know, our bass player, our bass player Lee, he's he's a punk, he's a punk at heart. And uh, our guitarist, really into sort of like southern, sort of like southern rock or or bluegrass and sort of like that kind of country type feel. Have you, did you decide this is what we want to sound like, or does it just does everybody's influence just come through? No, it's completely organic. We, 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 we've got no agenda when it comes to sound. Um, and especially for the new record, um, we just let, instead of us sort of moulding the music, we tried to let the music mould us, if you, if you know what I mean. And um, 
we spent a year uh, writing and demoing the stuff and, and just letting the music go in its, in its different directions. And I think um, anyone that hears the new record is going to, you know, there are a few curveballs in there and the, 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 the sound that you might expect from us on, on certain tracks, not on all of them, but on certain tracks does sort of like go in, uh, you know, ping off in different directions. And, um, uh, and we're really pleased with, with how that's come on because uh, even the, four, the, the whole four of us, we're not, a, we're not a, bit, a big fan of the concept of genre anyway, to be honest with you. Um, music's music, you know, and... Um, and I know people are going to put you in a box and put you in, you know, uh, uh, and that does happen, it has happened and will happen, but we um, we don't want to do that to ourselves. I can't imagine being, I can't imagine being in, in, in a place where everything's so, you know, we're in such a generic area that you feel that you have to write in a certain direction. Right, well also I suppose you've got the, the shackles are off in terms of in the old days, the label would, would require an album to sound a certain way of a band. And I guess these days, because the labels are not what they were, uh, there's presumably more freedom to sound however you want. Well, there is because we wouldn't, it's the only stipulation that we have. We, um, we, we, we want our label and management to, um, uh, to deal with the business and, uh, and the stuff that we're not so good at, but we do insist on having complete and utter artistic freedom. And, um, uh, uh, without that, I don't think we'd flourish anyway. To be fair, Rise of the Electric Jester is the second album. Second album, yeah. How so? How long has it been in the making? Uh, about uh, about maybe twelve to fifteen months um, of of uh, writing and demoing, um, and then right at the end of that, in November, we just booked we just booked fourteen days in the studio, and we we, we recorded proper. It was like two weeks um, to, to nail the whole lot. Which was quite a tall order, but we managed it, which is uh, which is pretty good. Who's who are the main songwriters? Are you all doing it? Usually, I, use, I mean, it's it's usually me and Jim that write the lion's share of the stuff. Um, uh, I, I write quite a few songs um, solely, and then take them to the band. Uh, me and Jim collaborate on things, and then uh, and then occasionally, like the four of us come together and uh, and uh, a track will be will be sort of like equally split between the four of us. But usually, it's uh, it's me and Jim, our guitar player. Moving on to live stuff, you've toured with, I guess, a lot of the bands that our listeners would would have wanted to see: Stephen Adler and Chris Holmes and Quo. Even what what uh, uh, what was all that like, and uh, what were the high points and low points, if there were any? Um, well, there have been no low points really when it comes to uh, to touring with the uh, the major acts. I mean, the very first time we got on the road with a major artist, I mean, being on the road with one with, with a rock and roll icon like um, like Stephen Adler was. Um, well, it was amazing. You know, spending an entire month and hanging out with with one of your idols is a, you know, it's, it, it's a dream come true in itself, really. Um, and of course, in his band at the time, there was Chips Enough um, from Enough's Enough playing bass, and um, uh, he, I mean, he's one of my idols too as a songwriter and, and a producer specifically. Um, so that was absolutely fantastic. And yes, that particular tour was very wild and very very woolly. And there were some moments in in Europe and the, the, that I probably wouldn't be able to talk about. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, some some very uh, yes yeah, some very some very sketchy moments. I'm sure I'm going to write a book at some point. You know <laughs> that it's probably all going to be in there. You know the Motley Crew had the dirt. We're we're, we're going to we're going to bring out um, the mess. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, we had Steve on the show actually um, on that tour. I think they were just they were coming over here from Paris, I guess, and they were playing. In, uh, was it the Underworld? In- uh, yeah, we, we yeah we played that show with them. Yeah. Right, cool. So we, we I spoke to Steve and Chip just as they were on the ferry over. I think, strangely well, that enough, was the, um, that was the at the underworld. That was the one where Duff McKagan came and played with them on stage as well. Which is the show I missed. Clever that, wasn't it? 
Uh, well, I mean, no one knew it was going to happen until the last minute, and you know, to, to have a to have a, a partial original um, Guns and Roses reunion on stage together was wonderful, you know, and be a part of it was great as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris Holmes, I would imagine that wasn't um, pipe and slippers, was it? Oh my lord, <laughs> I am. Um, I, I, I we haven't laughed so much on tour. The guy is a, an absolute. I mean, he's, he's the funniest man in the world. I mean, imagine this seven foot. Um, Gandalf bearded redneck guy, um, seven foot tall and just as loud as loud. Oh my god! Uh, on one of the days off, um, he said to us, uh, he said to us that he wanted to see some some um, some British history. So we were passing our home home city of Lincoln anyway on the way to the next show. So uh, we had a day off. So I said, "Well, so you can't get much more history, you know. It's all Roman and there's a cathedral." So we took him up to Lincoln Cathedral and. Um, uh, one of the one of the most amazing moments and ridiculously embarrassing as well. It has, it has to be said, is when this seven foot giant stands underneath this lectern in the middle of, of, of Lincoln Cathedral with this candle burning on top, and with all the vaulted ceilings and at the top of his voice so amplified to the max. He's a uh, he, well, I think the lyrics were underneath the candle lamp, my balls are warm and damp. <laughs> And just on and on, and there was nuns walking past, <laughs> and it, it was it, it was well, I was on I was on the floor, I was on my knees, <laughs> on my knees. Yeah, quality like Chris Holmes doesn't pass this way very often, does it? Wonderful. <laughs> and then there's Francis Rossi. I would imagine that was probably the other end of the scale, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was quite. It was quite tame, but it was quite cool, you know. And to, to meet those guys was great. Uh, and Rick Parfit was a, a, as well. Was it was a diamond geezer, and. Um, yeah, for, for that, for, for that, uh, for that, we we had to choose our set quite quite carefully because we were told um, that uh, you know to choose the more middle of the road sort of like stuff that we do rather than the more metal or raunchy type stuff. But uh, but the shows were great, you know, playing in front of thousands of people and stuff, and uh, and it, it was a, a wonderful experience. It was also the time that we first got to do our first ever signing. Um, so the table had been set up in the foyer of this uh, of the uh, SECC arena in. Um, uh, in Glasgow, and uh, we're all there, and, and, and me and Lee, our bass player, we've, we've stood by the table, and there's no one around. I was like, you sit down. No, I'm not sitting down. No one's going to turn up. Anyway, eventually, hundreds of people, and it was it was amazing, totally amazing. A great experience, but um, kind of blows your mind when you've never done it before, if you see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> I was watching uh, the video for Set the Night on Fire the other day, and I didn't realise that... Uh, Bruce Dickinson was going to pop up at the end. What? What's, uh, how did that come about? Um, it's because we're cheeky bastards. Fair enough. Well, to be fair, um, we we found out who his um, who his uh, people were, as it were, and emailed them. Uh, they sent the email straight to Bruce, who emailed them straight back. We were expecting no or no reply. Uh, he sent the email straight back and said, "Yeah, I'll do that." So um, he came up from London and spent the day um, in Doncaster, uh, at Doncaster Airport, uh, with us, uh, and uh, and just did his little walk on peace. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it was that was a great day. And for me, that was that was that was awesome because I mean, he he really is my sort of like number one idol. And uh, you know, my knees went when I realised he was in the it, it, he was being brought from the from the uh, from the station to us because I didn't think he'd turn up actually. <laughs> And uh, all the rest of the guys were okay, but I'd gone sheet white. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And, well, of course, and we're all wishing him a speedy recovery at the moment. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. 
So uh, what's the plan from here on in then? The album's uh, out this month, he says, checking his notes, last month sometime <laughs> around now. Well, it's your album, so it's going to be your choice. What are we going to play? You know, I, I, I've, uh, yeah, I don't know what to play, but, but um, yeah, it's, considering, considering this is the, uh, the, the classic rock and metal podcast, let's tr- choose something a little bit more in that vein from the record, I think. Uh, let's go for One More For The Road, which is the last track on the album.
So there you go, that's Knockout Kane. Great bunch of chaps they are. Go and buy one of the albums or buy a ticket for the show or both. They'll be coming to a theatre near you soon. You can almost guarantee it. There'll be another Next Generation show next week, plus a classic rock and metal podcast proper, where, as always, we bring you exclusive all-new interviews with bands from the 70s and 80s who we know and love. You can subscribe to this show on iTunes, Spreaker, Podomatic or Blog Talk Radio. If you're an Android user, you can use the Podcatcher app and everyone, of course, can always catch up with the shows on our website at classicrockpodcast.com play it loud play it long and until next time be good